Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. I'm here, your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I have with me today, Allison Bell. Now, Allison Bell has been with Arbonne for nine years, and she got into the company because she had a a background in real estate, but she really wanted to be able to get her time back. Because if any of you know a real estate agent, you know they work all kinds of crazy hours. And so she wanted her time back, and this has allowed her to do that. Her passion lies in helping others pursue their passions and develop themselves. She's out of Sacramento, California, and has two young children at this point in time. And so, Allison, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm so glad we got connected through LinkedIn um, because I know that there are probably quite a few listeners right now who are in very similar situations. They have a job, they have a family, and they feel like they don't get enough time with their family because of their job. And so they're wanting something more flexible, like a network marketing or direct sales business. So tell us how you got into Arbon. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting as I started this business pre-children, right? But a girlfriend of mine had started it and she invited me to this healthy happy hour. And, um, and I told Brian, I was like, well, I don't know what this Arboni thing is, but I'm going to go. She said, there's going to be wine. Like I'm going to go support her. So I'll show up. So that was really my introduction. And to be honest, I did not see the business. I, but I did see a catalog of products. I actually was looking for clean, scientifically tested because I was, you know, starting to learn about toxins and all that kind of stuff. And so I was looking for cleaner products, but I wanted results. So I really became a product user. And then over time, kind of watching her and seeing that she didn't become the weirdo I expected her to become, to be totally honest. And I, you know, I was very ignorant to the industry, but I had all these ideas of what you would have to do to be successful. And um, man, the only thing about her that changed is she was happy. She had this pep in her step. She had more hope. She was excited. And so after, gosh, almost a year, I finally said, okay, you know what? let's talk more about this thing. You know, like I see that you're changing in good ways and I feel ready to look at this now. And the truth is I was in major time pain. And so I saw her starting to earn her time back. And that's when it spoke to me because initially she wanted to get home to her kids, things that didn't connect for me. But man, when I saw her starting to get her time, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to listen. That is good news, right? And so the takeaway that I want the listeners, so BDSM crew, listen up, I'm talking to you right now. Um, The takeaway from that is knowing that sometimes it will take you a year from customer to team member, right? Your business is not a sprint. 
it's a marathon guys. It's a marathon. You do not get into business going, Oh, I'll see if it works. I hope it works. Right. Because some of these, some of these conversations that you're having now, these seeds you're planting now aren't growing until (laughs) a few months, a few years later. So that's good to know. So as you started your business, Allison, um, going through that process, you know, what did the first couple of years look like for your business? Cause you've been with the company now, I think nine years, right? So what has that, what has your business process looked like and, and your growth through those nine years? Oh, that's such a good question. So yeah. And speaking of time, you know, it took my, uh, best childhood friend four years to say yes to me. So she was actually doing her medical residency when I talked to her about Arvon and she was like, why would I ever do that? Like I'm in my medical residency, but you know, she got her big fancy job and her big fancy check and she had less time than I had in real estate, you know? So you're so right. It does take time. So, okay. My first couple of years, well, my first year I was basically an undercover Arbonne agent. So <laughs> I, I love that. Am, yeah, I am proof that you can totally suck at first and you can still find your way. And it was, you know, yes, I was busy and those are the excuses, but the truth is I was this freaky combination of terrified and full of ego. So full of ego because I had this successful real estate career and blah, 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 right? Which is on paper looked fantastic. But at the end of the day, I didn't own my life. So really how fancy was it? Um, And then fear of everything. I mean, public speaking, walking into a room of strangers, what are people going to think? I spent so much time actually thinking that people were sitting at home. Oh, why is Allison building an Arbonne business? Nobody's thinking about us. They're laying in bed thinking about how they're going to get out of debt, how they're going to make changes in their life, how they're going to reach their goals. Right. So I sort of like, I remember my very first healthy happy hour and I told my girlfriend and I was like, don't do not talk about the business. Right. Like, of course (laughs) I was like, and it's like, come on, Allison, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for anybody else. Right. But so my first year I sucked, that's just the, the short answer. Um, It took me months. I mean, I did not go to any meeting. I didn't show up on any call. I just, I didn't do any event. I don't know if I just expected it to come to me, but I started to see some shifts. I did our healthy living program. I felt incredible. I started seeing, you know, that other people felt incredible. So it was like this confidence started to build. So that was kind of my first year. And, um, And then I was pregnant with my son. And so about the time I was seven months pregnant, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The life I'm building right now, this frantic, frenetic seven days a week on call all the time, this is not really the life that I want to live long-term. So that hit me at about February of 2013. He was due in April. And I finally went to my coaches and I said, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to show up. I'm ready to do the things. What do I got to do? And so that totally changed the trajectory of my business, just being receptive and then just doing the things, which honestly, they're not that hard, but they, it feels vulnerable, right? Because there's what if I fail? What if they reject me? Like all these sorts of things. But I just got to this place where I was in enough pain And I recognize I am not in the vehicle to build the life of my dreams. So why don't I check out this other vehicle I've been keeping on the side of the road and give it a whirl and see if that can 
you know, give me something different than what I've been getting. So once I really got in and started to drive, you know, consistent effort over time, you know, there's no magic. It's just consistent effort over time. Absolutely. It's I, I, when I started my own direct sales business, uh, back in 2010, one of the commitments I made to myself was that I was not allowed to give up on a bad day. Yes. Right. Uh, so I was not allowed to say no to the business on a bad day. So, cause I knew myself well enough to know that that was going to be a possibility. I was only allowed to say no when I was on top, when I was making money, when I was earning the trips, all those things like, you know, because then I knew that there was the only reason I would say no is because there was a bigger calling, a bigger purpose. Something else was happening that would take me away from that business, which actually was me becoming a coach. <laughs> So I love that it. is what happened. Right. But I, I love that you share, you know, that your first year wasn't perfect because so many people end up, and I love that you were very consistent and persistent, even though your first year wasn't what you dreamed it to be. And I think a lot of people assume that their first year is going to be this perfect, wonderful, magical thing. And it's like, no, because just like a toddler learning or, you know, a baby learning how to walk, it, they don't get up and just gracefully start walking across the room. They take their first step. They fall on their butt. They get up. They take a next step. They fall on their face. They get up. They take their next step and then they get a second step. Right. It's it's going to happen over and over again. And we don't give. We don't look at a baby when they fall down and go, oh, God, you suck. Stay down. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I love that you you persisted through these less than perfect times and that you were able to then learn from those times to turn around and say, OK, what do I really want? And I love that you went and, and talked to your upline, your mentors, your coaches to help you through that process. So in these nine years. So once you really start, so I do have to say, um, one thing I learned from my mentor was everybody has two start dates. There's the date that they said yes to the business. And there's the date that they actually started working the business. Right. And that sounds like it was definitely true for you. You said yes to your, to your friend after a year, but then you really started working your business when you were pregnant with your son. Right. So mm -hmm. since you started really working your business, what would you say some of, uh, is your biggest stumbling block that you have overcome? So what's an obstacle that you've overcome in that time? I love it. Okay. Yes. So I love that you talk about babies, you know, because I do think you're right. I think that we assume because this business is so simple that we're just going to start and we're going to fly. And I think that if somebody truly wants to be successful in a network marketing business, it is like, bringing home a new baby, right? You are, it's like, okay, baby, nobody goes, okay, baby, I'm going to give it six months. If it doesn't work out, you know, <laughs> I'm going to send you back. Right. Like nobody does that. Right. You to bring this baby home and you go thicker thin, no matter what it's me and you baby. Right. So I do think truly like to be successful in a business like this, you have to have that kind of commitment and conviction because it's not all going to go the way. In fact, most of it won't go the way you think it will. Right. But over time, it will, you know, it can be bigger than you expect. So I really love that piece of it. Um, stumbling blocks. I mean, honestly, most of my stumbling blocks have been between my two ears, you know, procrastination, 
in, you know, insecurity, all that kind of stuff, those moments where you, you have lack of belief, all of those things. Cause I think on the day to day, this business isn't really hard. Meaning like there aren't, it's not like in real estate, right. Where someone, you know, just lost out on their dream home or, you know, where like massive things happen that are a little bit more impactful, but it's, it really is the smaller things. But I think that um, they can become really big. Right. And so that's the, my biggest challenges have been me really. I've had some, definitely some big life challenges that happened. And, you know, at one point in my business, I had some life challenges. I had my daughter, she was colicky. I went through a depression and I really just took my foot off the gas because it was convenient, honestly. And I watched my business slide backwards. Right. And so a few years after that, I went through another massive sort of personal life of people. And at that time I thought, okay, well I can lean in or lean out. Right. And I leaned out last time I saw what happened. That didn't go so well. So I'm going to lean in and let this be my anchor. And those have been the kind of the defining moments, especially that particular scenario, because everything in my world felt really out of control. And I think the tendency is, Oh, I'll just put my little business on the back burner. But really I thought, this is going to be the thing that keeps me anchored. I can control this, right? I can keep this moving. And it was when I went from the third, you know, promotion in our company to the top promotion was actually in that period when I decided to put my foot down and just dig in. Right. And so, you know, I think most of the challenges most of us face, we we've created in our own head right? Like maybe you go through a slow season and you start telling yourself, nobody wants to join me. Nobody wants to go to the next level. Right. But really there's a million people out there right now that are looking for a vehicle for change. They just don't know that it might show up in the form of a network marketing business, you know? So I think those have been the the biggest things for me is procrastination, time management, um, or lack thereof, you know, those sorts of things, because, you know, with a little bit of planning and a lot of consistency, you can do incredible things with a network marketing business. You know, it's just, do I feel like watching that TV show or doing the reach outs that I said I was going to do, right? Like those are the little daily challenges that add up to big differences over time. Absolutely. And I want to point out what really jumped out for me in that really amazing answer was the belief that you have control over your business um, during a time when you were feeling out of control Mm -hmm. with the rest of your life. Right. So I want to point out to people, point out to the listener specifically on that one, that it's not that you have control over the outcome because a lot of people feel out of control with this business because they can't control the outcomes. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you can control are the actions that you're taking on a daily basis that when you take those actions every single day, you know, like you said, those reach outs or whatever it may be, you can't control the outcome, but you can control the fact that you do it to get the outcome eventually. A hundred percent, because we know it's like everything else in life, like it's those things that add up over time. Right. And so, um, if you know, for example, that, you know, out of 10 people that you talk to about your business, one person is going to say, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm interested in the information. Right. So you don't have, you don't have control of the outcome, but you do know the more you share, the more results you will inevitably have. Right. And so you do in a sense have control not out of specific outcomes and you can't control, what your business partners are doing or anything like that. But 
you know, when you, I always tell my team, like when you light yourself on fire, people are going to come to watch you burn. Right. So when you get into massive activity and you're just sharing and you're just doing your thing, people are going to join you. You know, people are going to be excited, but your team is also going to elevate because they see you and they want to chase that. You know, you're suddenly the train that was like, well, I'm going to go to Los Angeles. Oh, when are we going to get there? Not really sure. I hope it happens sometimes. (laughs) Like nobody's going to get on that train ever. Like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good journey. But when you all of a sudden become the train, that's like, I'm going to LA. This is when we're getting here. This is what's happening. Then it's, you have the people behind you that have confidence that you're going to take them where they want to go. You know, we, we have to really lead as uh, from the front and be that example, but also I found that people come into your business because they hear your conviction. They probably don't know what the heck you actually really do, but you're excited about life. You're pumped about your business. You know where you're going and they're looking for change. And so they go, gosh, you know, I don't know what this thing is she's doing, but it seems really fun. She seems to know where she's going. I'm going to just jump in and see what happens. And that's the difference is, you know, I think so often people are waiting to be inspired Mm -hmm. to do the work. And we have to do the work. The work is what inspires us. And so when we're just doing the work, the inspiration and the confidence that comes, but I think so often people come in and they, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this business until I get to X title. How are you going to get to X title if If you're not talking to anybody about the business? Like that's (laughs) not going to work out, you know? And so we, I really like, I love the platform of network marketing because I feel like we have this epidemic of women in particular who have low self-worth. And I believe that we are bringing women into this business and we're breathing life into them and we're showing them and telling them what they're capable of. And that is really what gets the train moving ultimately, right? Is like, Yes, you can do this. Yes, I will hold your hands. Yes, I will show you the the way. Yes, you're going to have your whole support, you know, crew cheering you on. And it makes all the difference. You know, it lets people really get get going. Yeah, I think one of the the hidden benefits of starting the direct sales business network marketing business is number one that community of people you get around you who want, who want more out of life. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, um, like I mentioned in our pre-interview, I just did a coaching session with, with Jack Canfield yesterday. And one of the things he brought up is, you know, you are the average of the five people who you surround Mm -hmm. yourself with. So, you know, who are you putting around you in, in life? And so really thinking about who are you spending most of your time with, especially when it comes to building your business, right? So getting that really supportive group of people who Mm -hmm. are, you know, willing to take action, who are taking the action, who are doing the things that you want to do, surround yourself with those people. Even if you're not there yet, if they're going to let you into their world, do it, like hang out with those people, talk to those people, pick their brains. I mean, his success principles talk about, you know, when there's something that you want to accomplish, let's say, for example, earning the car, 
right? You want to earn the car. So then you talk to the other people in your company who have earned the car. What did they do? Right. Talk to a bunch mm-hmm. of them, as many of them who will give you 20 minutes to say, how did you get there? What's your, what's one secret you could share with me on that one. And if you talk to yep. 20 car earners, you're going to learn probably 10 different tips because there's probably going to be some overlap of some of the things they'll tell you in a 20 minute conversation, but that, that, that community of people who are looking to do more and want more is going to just be an amazing, um, addition to your life that is just totally worth it. Even if you don't hit car trip, all the other things, just having those people around you makes life better. Right. So knowing that as you've been going through, you know, what are some of the personal development things that you've been doing in the course of these nine years? Cause this business is a personal development that happens to have a, a, a nice little check associated with it. The more you learn, the more you earn. So what are some of your favorite personal development things that you've participated in, in your network marketing business? I love it. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. This business truly is one and lost between our two ears, right? So reading, I'm always in a book. In fact, I'm about to do Jack Canfield's success principles um, for the third time. <clears throat> yep. And I love it, but I mean, my goal this year is to read 40 books. I think I'm down five already, six, but yeah, school's never out for the pro, right? And we can always be getting better. And even if you're reading a book that isn't necessarily going to teach you how to be better in network marketing. You're filling your brain and your mind with the right things because, I mean, let's look at, we can look anywhere around us and find negativity and doomsday, right? But I just really believe in just we to protect our bubble, you know, stay in those books and also plugging into everything that your coaches and your upline put on. The coals do truly stay warmer together, you know? And so I, you know, we, it's been a little while since we've had some in-person meetings, but you know, I just feel like the meeting either needs you. Like if you're on fire in your business, the meeting needs you, right? Even if it's on zoom, it needs your energy and your excitement. And if you're not, not on fire in your business, you need the meeting, but either way you need to show up Yeah, because that's truly 90% of what we do literally is just showing up, but I'm always in a book. I'm listening to audibles. I'm listening to trainings, um, and also self-care. I think that we can never, you know, overexpress the importance of good old fashioned self-care. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting exercise? Are you fueling your body? You know, because how we feel and our energy levels also are going to contribute to how our mind feels about the things that we need to do. Um, so those are the things I, you know, I'm really cautious of. And I will say, I did notice a big shift in my business at one point, when I put self-care as a massive priority in my world, right? Because it's so easy as a business owner and a mom and a wife and all those things to like, kind of like, oh, I'll exercise when I get there or all. But, you know, when we start to shift and understand that self-care is crucial, it really does make a big difference on how we attack every day and how we attack our to-do lists. Mm, So very true. So in going through all of that and understanding the the personal development and everything, one of the things you brought up was attending the trainings, you know, even, and especially if they're on zoom. So one of the things I want to talk about, because we've been doing the zoom thing. So at the time that Allison and I are, are recording this, it's February of 2021. And, um, you know, so we've been doing the zoom thing for almost a full year, (laughs) 
here. Um, (laughs) and so I want to talk about, cause so, so many people talk about being, you know, quote unquote zoomed out. Right. And I think that has, um, I think that's become kind of like a thing that people can kind of glom onto as an excuse. So what are some suggestions that you have for people when they're attending a zoom training or a zoom workshop that will encourage more engagement interaction for the individual, right? What are some things that you see some of your team members doing, or that you do yourself during a, during a zoom meeting or, or training to keep yourself engaged or your team members engaged? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, I mean, I think for one asking how you can participate and help, you know, is, is one thing. Um, but also, you know, we, we love to, um, allow some of our, not allow, that's a silly word, invite some of our team members to speak, you know, and we don't just have people train based on their title. We have people train because, they're doing something that's amazing or they're super excited or they're on fire. And so I think it's really important to elevate your leaders regardless of title, because you can have leaders at a title that are not showing up and you can have leaders of a, the first title or a brand new consultant who are showing up big. So we really put a focus on inviting people to train based upon their fire in their business and not based upon a title, right? Because I think we get into trouble in this industry and in any industry, truly, when we believe title equals leadership, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that leadership is influence. It's not title. So I think that showing up, um, finding out how you can help, finding out how you can participate. But I, I agree with you hundred percent. Here's a deal. It's an excuse. You know, I don't, even if you're at a job and you have work meetings, you're not going to be super engaged at every single work meeting that you have, but guess what? It's your job. And so you show up and you have a presence and you participate regardless. And so, yeah, we're all zoomed out. I'm, you know, I'm still here distance learning with two young kids Monday through Friday, all day on zoom and they're six and seven, right. They're in kinder and first. And so I, I can't leave them to go do other things. I am on zoom with them for five hours basically. Right. So of course we're all zoomed out, but that's life. You know, if, if it wasn't zoom, it would be, you know, oh, I just got home from my full-time job and I'm just too tired to do my business. Or it would, I mean, there's always going to be a really great reason to not do what you need to do or not show up to where you need to show up to. So it's our responsibility as business owners to find the reasons to show up Mm -hmm. because ultimately it's on us. You want to build a successful business, treat it like a job, you know, because I think too many people are chasing the trips and the titles and all those shiny things, which are wonderful perks of our industry, a hundred percent. But what we really need to do is my, my good friend, Mo Boger says, chase the job. It's getting up early. It's staying up late. It's emptying the garbage. It's doing all of those things. And when you can start to fall in love with chasing the job, all the other stuff is going to show up. But you know, you wouldn't just go into your boss's office and be like, you know what, boss, I'm not really feeling my work meeting today. So I'm just not going to show up. Right. So you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. So don't do that to yourself as your own boss. Like you have to show up. So I agree. I think it's just become one more reason not to show up and do the things that you don't want to do. And guess what? That's what cel- you know, is separating the top 2% from the other 98 is that willingness to do all the things that we don't want to do. I don't want to get on the phone every single day. Some days I just don't feel like it, right? I don't always want to get on Zooms either, but 
you know, we have to work through and do the things we want and not allow our feelings to dictate. If I worked all off my feelings, I would like eat chocolate cake for breakfast every day, (laughs) you know, like that would be a problem. So Yeah. yeah, it's just about, you know, show up, be there. And most of these meetings, you're talking about half an hour. Like if you can't show up to your half an hour meeting, what else are you not going to show up for in your business? Cause that's what it really comes down to. Oh gosh. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, and I think number one, yes, it's the commitment to, to showing up. Right. I mean, I think it's Woody Allen, which not a great human being to quote, but it's a great quote, regardless of where it came from. Unfortunately, <laughs> Woody Allen said, you know, 90% of life is just showing up. Right. So, or 80% of life is showing up, whatever, somewhere in there. Um, there's that just commit to show up. And so what that looks like, I think in to use zoom as the example is making sure your phone is silenced that you're not, you don't have Facebook open somewhere else. You're not checking emails. You're, Mm -hmm. you are watching the person who is talking. You're active in the chat saying, Oh, that's a Mm -hmm. good point. Like put your takeaways in the chat and then save the chat later. Yes. And keywords video on. Yes. Like this is my biggest pet peeve. Like if you are on and your video is not on, unless you're, you know, a breastfeeding mama, I mean, there are scenarios in which it's not possible, but for the most part, like video on, because that means you're there and engaged and you have somebody who's taking the time to speak and to train and to share, give them your respect on being there, right? Like Mm -hmm. when people have their video off, it's like sitting in a work meeting with a paper bag on your head. You would never (laughs) ever do that ever. So it's just, you know, it just, oh, it drives me crazy. Like video on, you know, I totally agree. Just show somebody your presence, nod when they're talking about something you agree with, you know, um, zoom is a little bit of a challenge, but we're still human beings interacting with human beings. And so just like when you're having a conversation, People need that feedback, the smile, the nod, the, you know, the comments. And it's also just understanding like, what if that's me next week and I have a hundred participants on and only 10 videos on, right. You know, like how much harder is it to get super pumped when you're talking to a bunch of still shots? It's just a challenge, you know? And so, yeah, absolutely. That's a hard one. Yeah. And and I think what's interesting for me is when I hear from people, you know, I feel really disconnected. I feel really disengaged with things. And then I look at how they show up in, in various meetings and I go, well, I can see why (laughs) you're not choosing to really be there a hundred percent. You're so, you know, and when you can't show up a hundred percent, on something like this, that's 30 minutes. It also makes me wonder how are you showing up? Let's say, for example, in your children's lives, are you being fully present and engaged with your kids? Well, probably not. Are you, you know, unfortunately, are you the mom who's sitting there with, you know, phone in hand or, you know, whatever. So I I think how we do something, it tends to be how we do all the things. So how you're showing mm-hmm. up to zoom oftentimes is a gauge for how you're showing up to a lot of other things in your life as well. So if you're half-assing it on zoom, you're probably half-assing it in your business, half-assing it as a parent <laughs> all over the place, which is really unfortunate mm-hmm. because then you're, you're no wonder you're feeling like not great about your business, not great about your parenting, not great about all of those kinds of things. Yep. So just making that one simple shift of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't want people to feel like I'm 
giving anybody who has, for example, ADD grief, because frankly, I'm diagnosed ADD and I can sit in a half hour Zoom video on fully engaged chat going because I know for me as an ADD person, that's what I have to do or else Mm -hmm. my brain does go elsewhere and say, Ooh, maybe I'll go like my phone just dinged. I should go take a look at what that email was or that text or whatever. So, you know, if I can do it, trust me, trust me, trust me. Anybody (laughs) else can, can be engaged on zoom. It's a choice, just like it's a choice Mm -hmm. to sit, you know, cause I imagine, cause you, you, of course were doing your business pre COVID that maybe there were times when you had in-person meetings and there was somebody who was sitting in the middle of a meeting on their freaking phone. Right. Oh yeah. And those are the same people who are probably video off disengaged from the zoom as well. Right. Mm -hmm. The difference is discipline. I mean, the difference is discipline, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all of those things. And we all love our phones. You know, I have to really focus on putting my phone down and away when it's time for family or when it's time for, you know, and that is not easy because I brought into this business, all my bad habits from real estate, which was a 24 seven on your phone have to be responding. I'm now in a business where I don't have to do that. And it has been one of my greatest challenges is breaking that need to treat everything urgently. Right. Mm. But the difference is the discipline. And, you know, again, I think too often we're making decisions based on feelings and what we, what we want to do and what feels good. And really the difference between the life that you want and the life you're currently living is discipline period. End of story. Uh, so that's the title of this episode. <laughs> like I, I always know that the title of the episode is going to come from the conversation and girl, I love you it. <laughs> just like hit it on the head. That is exactly right. The difference, the difference between the, the, as you mentioned before, the two percenters and the other 98% is that discipline, the, the choices you make and in the choice you make over discipline is a choice you make over and over and over and over again for Mm -hmm. your benefit and the benefit of others. Right. So I I absolutely love that. So I, you know, normally I ask the question, what's your secret to success? And I think we just, I think we just hit that. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, between you saying earlier that persistence and perseverance, and then this, the, the discipline piece obviously has become uh, a big secret to your success as well. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, the, you know, the, it's just the commitment right? And then the discipline that follows it. But I think also just expect the bumps. You know, I feel like athletes do really good at this business because they understand that they have to train in the dark in order to get the things in the spotlight, right? And they fall down and they face the bruises. And so I think if somebody's just launching a business like this, like I just want to tell them, expect the bumps and bruises, expect the setbacks, expect things to go differently than you wish. Because, you know, I think also we have these inflated expectations of everything just going so smoothly. And at the end of the day, is that we getting back to like, okay, what's my commitment? Why am I doing this? And then, okay, I'm just going to have the discipline to work through these things that I know are coming, you know, but I think when we go into it, knowing there's going to be challenges, we're not so shocked. Right. When they pop up, right? Like, oh gosh, people are going to quit. Like, I had no idea, (laughs) you know? So, you know, but really we do, we have these over expert, you know, I don't know who it is. It might be, is it Zig Ziglar says we, I could be misquoting, but, um, you know, we over 
overblow the expectations for one year, but we way under, you know, shoot what can happen in five years. And I completely butchered that quote, but you know what I'm saying I do is like, we think we're going to go from zero to the top of the company in one year. And so we're shocked when it doesn't look like that. But then if we really dig in and we do the business and we work it consistently over five years, you have this tendency to look back and go, whoa, I can't believe all that happened, you know? And so it's just having that long-term vision and understanding, you know, there's going to be setbacks along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God. I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, so very true. So Allison, I don't want to keep you for too much longer because I know you are a busy mom, busy businesswoman, <laughs> And so I do know that you have a really sweet giveaway uh, for our listeners. And so one of the things you mentioned is that if you reach out to Allison, um, she is going to gift you a goodie bag of a few of her very favorite products from her company. Yes. So Allison, how would you like people to reach out to you? Um, let's see, probably have you found that, um, email or Instagram? How have you done that in the past? You tell me what works or what's easy for people. Well, here's the thing. It's what works best for you. Where are you going to guaranteed see that message coming from? So is it going to be email or Instagram? Why don't we do Instagram? Okay. Cause I'm on that more than I'm on email. If we're being totally honest. Awesome. Um, and it's, um, so it's at healthnut.mama. Okay. So her Instagram business handle is at healthnut.mama M A M A for those of you who are wondering how to spell it. Um, <laughs> I know we do all spell it differently. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to make sure we, we confirm that for people and BDSM crew, you guys know that all you have to do, as long as you're not driving, grab your phone, click on the episode, scroll up to look at the show notes down below, and there will be a link directly to Allison's Instagram. So that way you can go slide into her DMs and send her a message saying, I just heard you on the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast. I would love a goodie bag of of some of your favorite products. And then you can have a conversation with her, learn more, let her know how awesome she was on this interview, please. Cause this was a great conversation, Allison. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy to chat with you. And uh, I hope we're going to be crossing paths again here soon. Oh, I have no doubt about that. We're going to keep (laughs) chatting. So everybody, you guys know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.